origins, beginnings. Ah, uh, man. I... I think you'd, you'd want to come up with some stories, some epiphany that you had, that you saw a concert, did something, and you had to become a musician or a rock star. But to be honest with you, I was kind of born into it. Uh, I was born into being the youngest of ten kids. And my dad played multiple instruments. My brothers and sisters played multiple instruments. So, you know, and, and imagine the... We're all two years apart, so imagine the decades of music even that I would have never been exposed to at my age. Walking into one room in here in Zeppelin, walking into another room here in the Bee Gees, Beatles, uh, Joe Cocker, you know, all the stuff that I probably at my age born in 66 wouldn't have grown up on, I did. I was getting it constantly. So those were the beginnings, man. It's like you, you are what you eat, right? So um, yeah, man, I was, I was very lucky to be, or unlucky, I don't know. Am I lucky to be here? I have no idea. I could have been a, like a successful attorney sitting in traffic for eight-hour days. But uh, yeah, man, just uh, a lot of instruments in the house, a lot of guitars, drums, everything, and I never really got lessons. I just picked them up. You just grab them, you jump on them, you play a bit of piano, you play a bit of this, bit of that, and that was the university. It was the, uh, the Betancourt household. You had no choice, man. They, they spoon-fed you music. But as far as being like a, a rocker, I think it was probably Aerosmith. Aerosmith, especially the Get Your Wings album, that fucked my head up enough for me to go like, wow, that's cool. And that's when the kind of raunchiness of rock and roll as opposed to, even though I love the Beatles and everything, but I think it was that album. I just got to sit down recently with, you know, you know, as for the years that I stared at this album cover, Get Your Wings, staring at Joe Perry and staring at Tyler and the whole band and just trying to figure out what these guys are like, what they were wearing and everything. I, this year, actually, a few months back, I got to sit in between Perry and Tyler to tell them what I'm telling you now that I just used to stare at that album, man, and that was the album that changed it for me that made me want to be in rock and roll. Um, and there I was with the two guys that I was staring at the album cover on for like hours all day, in between masturbating with a National Geographic tribal issue, of course. But you know, you gotta, you gotta stay in shape. That's how people ask why am I picking hands so fast. I had nothing to do with guitar. The first guitar, like I said, there was just guitars in the house. There were Les Pauls in the house for my brother. There was just guitars everywhere. So I was lucky enough to, to even just to be able to pick them up and go into them do whatever. The first one I ever bought, actually, though, was a Kramer. It was an actual candy red Kramer, because Eddie was playing Kramers at the time. The old, uh, uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm talking like obviously early 80s, but um, yeah, that was my first guitar. I chopped the shit out of it, but I uh, chopped it up, made it stupid shape, and then it was unusable. I was playing weddings and, and, and parties and local, like local moose lounges and clubs and shit, doing stuff like that because my brothers played. So I was already doing gigs, making money when I was like 11, 12, 13, 14, playing clubs in Boston, the Paradise and stuff with my brother's band. We had a band called Viking, they were a progressive rock band and uh, doing complex shit, but uh, that's, that's where I cut my teeth, man. I was in a band called Myth <laughs> when, uh, in a garage, and I think we played the same two songs for one year. <laughs> you know, originals, because we, you know, we thought, man, creating an original is like, how do you do that, you know, because I was always playing covers. And then uh, I was playing some clubs, got in this band called Sinful, uh, like a rock metal band, like in like 83, and uh, we were doing all the clubs in Boston, and. Uh, and then I ran into Sharon, Gary Sharon, um, at a at a video shoot for one of his for his band's video shoot. A song called Mother. 
they were doing they were this video that dancers for the MTV basement tapes. I, I met Gary out in the field, this girl introduced me, and he came out, he said, Man, I heard you can play whatever. Talked well, great. Two years later, we were in a club by ourselves with a club owner named Jim Blute. He was doing a Halloween party. And it, it, the club was closed and I ran into Gary again and he said, Hey man, you guys we're getting people from different bands, you wanna do do one of your favorite bands, but you can't be in the same band. Like, you can't be from the same band. So he said, shit, man, let's do Aerosmith. And uh, there's photos of us doing Aerosmith, you know, before, you know, this is before we were even in a band together. And, uh, and that was pretty cool, sign of things to come. Once again, Aerosmith was a big connection between us, both of us. And, uh, but that night, that night, he was in a band, I was in a different band. We were just finishing an album to get, our, to get a deal. You know, LA was exploding, Sunset Strip was exploding. His band was taken off. And we said one word that changed our relationship, Queen. He asked me about Queen and I went, that's my favorite band. He said, no, nah, it can't be your favorite band, that's my favorite band. I'm like, no man, it's my fucking favorite band. He's like, yeah, and we kind of quizzing each other, what's your favorite album? And I said, Queen 2, which nobody listens to. He's like, that's my fucking favorite band. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> Can we do karate, go out and do karate in the garage? Come on, man. But uh, that was it, man. He called me days later. He called me at my the old you know the old phones we had with the little curly cord and and the actual you know dial and he said you're probably gonna think I'm crazy and I'm fucking stalking you some shit and we just met but I want you to join my band and I was like that's great and all but you never heard me play and I see he goes I know I just know I don't need to fucking hear you play just the conversation we had and the bands you like I'm like that's pretty fucking bold that could be like the worst player in the world and he's like no and I go and I said no. He said, no, man, I'm in a band, I'm in this band, Simple, we're doing an album. And then I said, by the way, at least come and see me play, even though I said, no, I'm like, I can't do it. But you should check out the band. And he said, great, we're playing at a place called Celebrations, a place that was underground in Boston, across the street from The Rat, at Kenmore Square, right by Fenway Park. Kicks used to play there all the time. I saw Poison playing there. And you go down, you can't even see the band because they're at floor level. Gary came down, saw the band, brought the rest of his guys down, and they were like, fuck, man, that was great. And Gary came in and he met my band and stuff. And he said, I get it. I get why you, you stay, man. Good luck, man. I, I wish he goes, I wish I never saw you play. Because now it's like it even confirmed it even more, right? So he was cool. He left. 20 minutes later, man, I was a fucking possessed by some rock and roll devil or some shit. All of a sudden, I'm looking at my band, you know, in movies when shit just goes quiet. And people are talking, you know, partying in the room. And I just went completely quiet. And I grabbed my guitar. And I looked up and the words that I didn't even say came out of my mouth to my other guys. I said, guys, I quit. And they went, what? I said, sorry, man, I, I got to go. I quit. We were just finishing up an album, our first album. I, I swear to you when I fucking tell you that up to one point millisecond before those words came out of my mouth, I didn't even think about quitting or leaving. I don't know what the fuck happens when that shit happens, but destiny, all that fucking cliche bullshit. So big arguments break out. I'm just walking out while guys are yelling at me. I'm walking out of this club. And I told you it was underground. So this is at least 20 minutes after Gary left. I get to the bottom of the stairs. I look up and Gary's up at the top of the stairs. It was like some bad fucking movie. It was like a bad like Eddie and the Cruisers film. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's up there talking to some girl. I look up. i like, hey. He's like, yo, what's up? And I go, what time's rehearsal tomorrow? And that was it. That was it, man. He went, by the way, he had two guitar players in his band. Still at that time. He fired him the next day. 
God bless them, Peter Hunt, those guys, Hellebo, I know all of them. But whatever happened, happened for whatever reason it happened. And that was it, man. The next day, we were jamming. And the two songs that I wrote a year, the two songs that maybe he wrote a year, we were writing two or three a day. That was the end of that. It, I mean, after that, really, you know, it was interesting. You know, I'd never been in a band with two guitar players. And they have always been in a band with two guitar players. It was kind of the Aerosmith thing. But I was coming a little bit now from the Van Halen side, where it's like one dude, you know, George Lynch, I was like the one guy that had all that, that sound and that tone. And he was like, look, are you gonna come down and play with us? But we had this other friend that we grew up with that we thought both used together would be you know, sick, crazy. Now, in my head, I didn't want to be a dick. I'm like, that ain't gonna happen. It's like, I, I just, not because of the ego, I just, I knew that what I wanted to do and I knew that it had to be like what Halen was doing, you know? And we went over and we got into the room and I met the guy, Matt McKay, sweet guy that grew up with him. We both went to play a song together and he's like, Hey man, you know you can take the solo that's coming up. You're like, oh no, no, you take it, man. <laughs> We're like, <laughs> like Chippendales, you know. Yeah, you take it. No, no, you take it. We're being polite, so he took it. I didn't even play a guitar solo. We played the song. They stopped. We finished the song. They went in the hall without me. I'm thinking, oh, they fucking, I'm terrible. They don't want me to play. They come back in without Matt. And uh, and God bless Matt, man. I still know him to stay lovely guy. He went out and said, it's either him or me. <laughs> Because he didn't want to play with anybody else. So they apparently they told him, like, Walden, you know, we're going to grab him. And he went home. And, everything, and it's no goodbye, no nothing. And Extreme was born, man. That was it. And they were Extreme. They were a band called The Dream. That's how they became Extreme, because their manager sold a name to a TV show called Dreams on ABC. I remember Dick Gary told me he put his fist through a fucking windshield or something when uh, they told him. But that's how Extreme became Extreme. And here we are, man. Now I know I made it because I'm fucking hanging with Mark Weiss. What else can I tell you?